0: You're fine.
1: I'm fine. Had to weed eat today. Uh sling a little mulch out.
0: Where do you do that at?
1: At my girlfriend's house because I'm just a great person.
0: Oh wow. What a
1: guy. What a guy. And I still gotta go to work tomorrow. What a fella. Gotta go to work tomorrow and have ten assignments due tomorrow as well.
0: Ten, he says.
1: Ten. I've knocked out I've knocked out three. Mm. Not bad though.
0: Are they, like, really hard?
1: No, some of them are pretty easy. Some of them are a little tough. One class, not doing great in those, so really need to – really need to tighten up there. Hmm. Yeah, that'll do it to you. That will do it to you. i tell you what, Kansas is moving the ball well. We're watching the Natty tonight, folks. It's Monday night, and – uh UNC just down seven nothing starts the game. Not exactly beautiful. It's, yeah, it's unfortunate. It's okay. A lot of basketball left. Plenty,
0: plenty of basketball.
1: Jefe, should we tell the should we tell the dudes what we're doing this weekend? Dude, feel free. We're going to Joe G's grandparents who live in the beloved Carrollton, Mississippi. That's right. Just a down-home, country-ass place. We're going to do some fishing. I'm probably going to put one on the wall. I'm looking to really really catch a monster this weekend. Uh, could let myself down. Could, could not. But either way, regardless, if we don't even get a bite, it's going to be a great weekend. It is going to be fun. Good friends, good beer, good times. Shooting back
0: Saturday to go ahead and watch the Pills and Grizzlies. This time we'll have Brandon Ingram, so I'm hoping for a different uh, outcome. And then we're gonna try and get old Cohee into Buffalo Wild Wings and Mikey and Devin, and we're gonna settle him. in and watch some watch some good fights, and hopefully we'll hit on a couple.
1: Yeah, we need a few. We need a few. So we're kind of we're kind of sure. approaching a weird little weird little spot for us to be doing a sports podcast. Yeah, college basketball natties tonight. Then it's done. And we got a little break, I guess, a few weeks, I guess, before NBA. Uh huh. Uh, but we do got opening day Thursday. Yeah. We yeah. didn't know. It uh,
0: just it just starts our, right back.
1: What did I? When did? I, what did I say? Something about Easter, right? Huh? Whenever we yeah. talked about MLB lockout. I have no idea. I'm pretty sure I said Easter Bunny's got to bring back baseball. And he did. It's gonna be He's gonna be back. He's gonna I say looking good. I do want to talk about one little team real quick. The Angels gotta make the playoffs. It's gonna be good for baseball. We gotta see Mike Trout in the playoffs. I'm not saying he's getting old because he's not, but at the same time, we're just burning years of this guy's career and not even getting to see him in October. That's true. I need I need the guy to play some playoff baseball. But nonetheless, kids should should be out of school. Grown men should be off work Thursday. Opening day should be a national (laughs) holiday. And I'm just glad that we're going to get some MLB baseball. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, it's going to be fun.
1: Those of you that don't know, Jeefy, White Sox fan, love it. Me, Cardinals, Pace, Braves, obviously. So we got a little. We got a good variety there. Got a good variety. Cardinals, Jack Flaherty starting on the 10-day DL, just not. Not ideal, just unfortunate. I will be, dude. I mean, what like
0: I mean, water. we really haven't even hit it yet, but what an absolute beautiful story for the old Cardinals coming into this, year.
1: absolutely. I was just about to drill it. I have to go to a weekend series now. Me and the old lady already talked about it. Pull and Yachty going out together. Uh, I mean, can't get Wayne Wright's probably gonna go out with him as well, but not taking anything away from Wainwright. He's been our guy for years, but the fact that Yachty and Pujols are going to link back up and the two best of friends and being with the Cardinals for so long, both winning the two World Series with them, just – it's going to be awesome. It would be really badass if Pujols can somehow manage to hit 21 bombs, Mm -hmm. get to big 700, uh, just, I mean – what a story it's going to be. I I can't wait to see a little back pick from Yachty to pull holes. Hopefully.
0: Yeah. That's going to be cool.
1: Just really. just can't write
0: a better story than that. No,
1: you really can't. And I, I was always on the train that surely he retires in St. Louis, but I'm not going to lie. When he went to Dodgers, I kind of thought, you know, maybe he just nothing. He's not giving us the bird or nothing, but maybe he's just not, it's not going to happen. Right. But I'm very glad it is. Uh, the dude's a Cardinal. I mean, he just – he is. I know he hasn't been for a while, but that's just what his career – to me, I would never think of him as an angel or a dodger or nothing. He's a freaking St. Louis Cardinal, and he gave us the world. Yeah. I think the lowest he hit at St. Louis in his 10 years was 299. That's crazy. I wish, it, I wish he could go back in time, and I feel like he would have never left.
0: Yeah. I would have loved good. to see his career if he hadn't. Not that – I mean, it very may, very may well have led to more wins and another World Series or something like that. But just, I mean, when I when I think of Albert Pujols, I'm kind of like you. I think of the Cardinals. And I always kind of thought, like, especially during his prime, that 2006 World Series, I believe it was. And what else was it, 2011? Yeah, it was 2011. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, like, obviously, you know, when I was younger, I didn't really have a team. Me, you, and Ian would always go to the Reds-Cardinals game, so I kind of just picked the Cardinals to root for. Um, Sorry. You're good. But, I mean, he just – he had the feel from the Cardinals fans, which now all they have is the Blues and the Cardinals and who really watches hockey. I mean, I know there's some fans, but, like, that's the Cardinals city. And I feel like it always has been like, even when the Rams were there, I say all that to say, he just had a feel to me like a Kobe or a Dirk. Like I'd always felt like he should have stayed in St. Louis for his whole career. And he was, he got that kind of love from that, from that fan base, but you know, it didn't happen that way and that's okay. Um, I just, I know that, Cardinal Nation is happy to, to have him back, and I can't wait to see what he does this year. Whether he does anything cool or not, it's going to definitely uh, create some moments that will make fans teary-eyed, and and that's really all that, that matters. And in the end of a career, in my opinion, like when Ric Flair retired, I didn't care to see him win. I just wanted to see him have something beautiful ended and, you know, have you something to look back at, and the same thing with Derek Jeter for the Yankees. The same thing with so many other players. Drew Brees with the Saints, of course. Um, just stuff like I'm. I know we're like just talking right now. We don't. We haven't even gotten to the episode. Huh? I'm
1: not trying to be huh? too analytical. I'm just saying
0: it's you just it's going awesome to be awesome to
1: see before the episode. I love it. Yeah, it's going to be awesome to see. But he did that. Uh, it's just going to like. I'm like I said. I'm a hundred percent. I will go to a St. Louis Cardinals game at St. Louis this year because I I just have to see those two go out. Yeah. Uh, and he's just. I mean, I feel like I'm. It doesn't matter what happens. It's going to be a random game. And when he first gets called first at bat of that game, probably going to shed a tear or two.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, speaking of that O six one that we were talking about, I think it's career highs for both of for. I think every category he had maybe. Maybe not average, but he hit hit 331, 49 bombs, 137 RBIs. MVP season, I believe. Just an absolute monster, the machine they like to call him. And like you said, just a heartwarming, beautiful situation that's going to happen. Can't wait. I need it.
0: And then – I don't, uh, you're not a White Sox fan, so I don't know if you've seen it, but any people that are a fan of Tim Anderson that are listening to this, go check out his little vlog doc series that's coming out on YouTube. I've watched a couple episodes. Shouts out East Central. I mean, the whole second episode is basically his time at East Central. It's really cool to to watch that because, you know, that guy, I mean, he's changing baseball one bat flip at a time, so. Cool to see him and in, in action and his story. So just wanna throw out a quick
1: recommendation. Absolutely. Huge, huge Tim Anderson fan here. If Cardinals could get a shortstop, I need him we need a shortstop, and we should have got if I could pick Trevor Story. It's probably well, yeah. If I oh yeah, the realistic <laughs> one was Story or Correa and I would have been fine with either. But if I could just go pick one from the league at all, I think I'm going Tatis or Tim Anderson if we're being right. honest. I love both oh. of them, both of the way they play. Uh, I guess we can drop that little tune and I guess get the full actual intro into it. I, I didn't hate what we did right there, but. Yeah, we can do it. We can, still, we can still give them the song for, you know, just just to make it feel right. Got to. Jeepy, spin it. <laughs> Why don't you come down here? Take me down. Take me-
0: Dudes, we're going to kick it off in a very, very unorthodox manner. But a fun yeah. man. A fun man. You guys know that I love a little wrestling. You know that Bubba also likes a little wrestling. He likes he likes the guys that make him feel nostalgic. I get it. I like the same thing. But I, I'm, I'm into the new wave of it. Um, so, we're going to talk about WrestleMania 38. If you don't want to hear it. Skip through it, but I'm going to talk about it because it was probably the best WrestleMania since WrestleMania 30. So I'm going to go through some matches that I loved, and I'll dive into ones that I loved, and some other ones I may not talk about as much. First, let's talk about Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. We don't have to talk very long about it. I like Bianca Belair. She's a baby face. If you know what babyface means, it means a good guy. For reference, heel is a bad guy. That should have been the main event of WrestleMania night one. They always try to do a women's championship fight for the main event on night one. Bianca Belair wins it. Crowd goes crazy. La-da-da-da-da. Charlotte Flair, the main event, and Ronda Rousey. Charlotte Flair retains. Her nipple came out or something on TV. They had to black the screen while it happened. Crazy stuff. Women's Tag Team Championship, Sasha Banks, and okay. I know you guys don't care about that. I'm not trying to be rude, but I know you guys don't care about that. So let's just hop into the biggest stuff. Bobby Lashley faces the day's great Khali, the guy that's some guy that's like seven foot five, and he beats him. Bobby Lashley. Old Bobby Lashley, been in the game for a long time. And then um, – well, I'll just skip from night one to night two because I'm going to save the best ones for, for last. Johnny yeah. Knoxville comes on with the literally the cast of Jackass. Just popping out everywhere. And he beats up Sami Zayn in probably the silliest no-holds-bar match I've ever seen. Um, so
1: what about Wee Man? Wee Man
0: under the ring, which is funny. Um. Then we had Logan Paul come on and fight the Mysterios in a tag team match with the Miz. Him and the Miz get the win. I thought it was lame. Ray Mysterio should win every match for the rest of his career. <laughs> um, but they win. And then the Miz, shockingly, not really shockingly, turns on Logan Paul and hits him with his finisher. Then we got the first match of night one the Usos and Boogs and Nakamura. The guy Boogs. He likes to play guitar. He's a good wrestler. Um, he actually like really ripped something in his knee during the match. So they had, they were supposed to win, but mid match, he ripped something in his knee. So they had to change the outcome mid match, which it just shows you like these guys are professionals guy ripped something up, knew he was going to have to go get surgery on it. The next day He's like, y'all got to win the match. They switched the result just real professional there. Um, as we all know, wrestling is choreographed. They know the winner before. It's not fake the match. Easy. It's not fake. It's just choreographed. Come on, yeah,
1: easy, easy.
0: And then we have RK Bro, which is probably one of my favorite tag teams right now uh, with Randy Orton and Matt Riddle. They keep their titles. Um, Seth Rollins and he fights Cody Rhodes, who comes back, who just left AEW, which is a big thing. Um, I don't know if any of you are familiar with the Monday Night Wars, which is when WCW and WWE were going back and forth with superstars. Um, we're kind of getting a sense of that now with AEW and WWE. It's pretty fun to be a wrestling fan right now. If I, mean, I like to do it because it just makes me feel like a 12-year-old kid again. I love watching this stuff. You are a kid. I am a kid. And then I'm going to save the two of these for last. Um Edge, which is one of our all-time favorites, fights AJ Styles, which is like he's just a great wrestler. Came to the WWE late, but he's great. It was a dream match. Edge wins and starts a new stable with Damian Priest. Um, I can't wait to see what they're going to do. They're probably going to be my new favorite tag team. Them, RK Bro, and the Alpha Academy. And then we have the main event of the whole thing. Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns wins. They're going to unify the titles. Hopefully they make a cool new title, so that'll be real fun. But what you all are actually going to want to listen to about this segment, because it's probably only going to last like five minutes, the one, the only, the beer-drinking, bald-headed, middle-finger-flipping, son-of-a-gun, Stone Cold Steve Austin comes back for the KO show. And just stuns the whole roster. Oh, yeah. we can talk about Pat McAfee after because yeah, Stone Cold I don't really care about
1: the spot. It, I mean, he's cool that he got in there and all that. But then yeah. afterwards, and Stone paper. Cold comes out. Yeah.
0: Go ahead, like, yeah, for the KO show, which was cool. Uh Kevin Owens challenges him challenges him to a thing as a falls count anywhere and no holds bar. Stone Cold, we all get to see Stone Cold stunner some people, which was awesome. And he drinks a lot of beer. And then we're like, okay, that was awesome. Like, if that's the last time we see Stone Cold, that's cool. That's over. And then night two comes. And Pat McAfee fights Austin Theory, which is like right now he's in a storyline of being like Vince McMahon's chosen wrestler. And Pat McAfee beats him. So Vince McMahon comes out. And Vince McMahon takes off his – What a job by Pat McAfee. What a job by Pat Pat McAfee will be a wrestler yeah. before he's done. He's such a good announcer. I don't want
1: him to be, but he's, he's good horse. enough in the ring to be a wrestler. He's he, guy, he gives me hope for being doing a podcast and somehow sneaking my way into the WWE. That's just, yeah, it's fantastic. Ah, man. Um, he's a great announcer
0: and he's a he's really good. I mean, you can tell he's a good athlete because he's in the ring doing stuff. Um, and then Vince McMahon comes out in the freaking God. And he takes his shirt off. This guy's like 80 years old, my peeps. And he takes his shirt off and he's got his old black wrestling tank top on. I never thought I'd see that thing again. And then just to send us all off, he tries to get stunned by Stone Cold. And he's guys, he's literally so old he can't get stunned. He just his knees buckle when he falls ah, down. Man. And uh it was it was just awesome because. When Stone Cold did it, he got up he and just started laughing because he literally, like, he just knew he was like, man, like, this just feels like it's 1999. <laughs> it was
1: awesome. They were tossing up Stone Cold's own beer. He has his own beer. They now. were launching his beers. Then Pat McAfee is loving it. And it almost seems real just the way he is. Like, he he loves Stone Cold and he wants to yeah. share the moment with him and go in there. And it looks like for a second he might actually do it. Gets about eight ounces in the beer, I'd say, and Boom. just get fucking stunned. stunned. <laughs> just stunner. And then Stone Cold, just the biggest freaking Texas smile on it. I mean, he that was one of the favorite moments in his life, I feel like. Him coming yeah. back. He enjoyed the shit out of it. And I mean, usually I, I mean he probably gets a six pack tossed up there. I think the other night he may have got fifteen beer thrown up there and he was just dying both nights, I think. He had to have had over a hundred beers this weekend. I mean, he was loving it. And it was just awesome. I mean, when you hear the glass break and the lights go crazy and the crowd just erupts, he's, I mean, he is a Mount Rushmore WWE guy. And that's without a doubt.
0: I agree. I hope to get my friend Levi Shaw as another partner podcast for with the dudes. He is going to be all your wrestling content you want. Um, and I hope to make a few guest appearances on there. But shout-out to Levi. I don't know if he'll even hear this, but keep in touch for that because I want that to happen, guys. Also, one thing, probably the only thing that could have made last night better was if Jim Ross was still employed by the WWE. What a guy. Because I just can—I cannot imagine how hype he would have
1: been. Him calling those stunners would have been – Golden. But I do
0: want to say also during the Pat McAfee match, Michael Cole probably had his best announced WrestleMania in his career last night.
1: It was that good. That's big time. Oh honestly, I always I don't bash Michael Cole, but he's just not Jim Ross. I get it. That's what it is. That's exactly what it is. And (laughs) it's so hard for him. You can't no one can be Jim Ross. JR. If you've never heard Jim Ross and you're one of those people that get fired up by announcers calling sports or calling anything. Do yourself a favor and go listen to Jim Ross call some of WWE's biggest moments.
0: Just go check it out.
1: I mean, he loves it. The guy, the guy's all all heart and so into it. Just Jim Ross, awesome guy. Like you said, that would that would have completed the whole night. But nonetheless, Stone Cold stunning the whole damn ring is always phenomenal. It was awesome. All right, dudes, I'm going to keep this a little short and sweet just because I know it's it's not everyone's favorite thing in the whole world, but it's Masters Week. All right, we're going down to Augusta. And on top of Masters Week and just the fact of the Masters, the greatest golf tournament in the world, we got Tiger freaking Woods doing the damn thing. The man was questionable if he was even going to have his, his real legs at one point. Has an insane car wreck leaving a golfing weekend, day, whatever it was, with D. Wade. Has an insane wreck going at crazy speeds. Uh, Why he didn't have a chauffeur, who knows. But doesn't have to get his legs amputated. Somehow doesn't have to be in a wheelchair. Doesn't have to not ever play golf again. No, Tiger Woods defines all odds. And he walks again. He gets around again. And on top of everything, he tees it back up again. And not just for fun, not just with his son, but as people that follow Tiger, people that know, Tiger's not playing in a golf tournament unless he thinks he can actually win the thing. That's the competitor he is. Uh, if you don't really know much about Tiger Woods, but you just know he's a really great golfer, go watch some of the stuff where he talks about his mentality and just the way that he golfs and the competitor he is. He's that's what's got me so fired up about it is I know he's not coming back to the Masters just so it can be a little baby chapter added to his book. This is going to be legendary because he actually thinks he can win it. And I honestly think at some point he's going to be in in a little, you know, contesting, I guess I'll say. I'm not going to say he's going to be leaving it at any point, uh, but I'm also not going to sit here and say that I didn't bet on him to win the whole damn thing. So I got a little I got a little coin on that, but. I think regardless, he's going to compete, and that Tiger Woods fire is going to be shown this weekend in Augusta. Uh, A couple other ones I got, I got old Brooksy at plus 1,750. Patrick Cantley, plus 1,800. Sam Burns, 4,700. Uh, You got to make some wagers on the Masters, I feel like, if you're a sports gambler. And if you're any way, shape, or form, enjoy golf, you have got to catch a little bit of the Masters. Just the most beautiful course there is. Um, Outstanding tournaments, Definitely high up on my bucket list to go to. But, I mean, I think the story here is Tiger Woods playing in it. I think that's what it's going to be, and it's going to be an insane story that's going to develop, and I'm excited about it. And That's really all I got on. I know we don't have a big golf crowd, or there's not a big golf crowd out there, but I think this could be something special, and it'll be – added to one of the greatest sports stories in the history of all sports, not just golf by any means, but Tiger Woods legacy continues and the book just won't ever close. It feels like the guy's going to play till he's 80 and Lord forbid, anything else happen. but it seems like this is the final comeback of all comebacks. So I would kill to see him win this thing. And I hope he does.
0: All right, my dudes, we are – we're going to hop into a little NBA. I'm not going to lie to you. I only really pay attention to the Pelicans. Um, I keep up enough to be able to talk about it, but I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that I know exactly what's going on all the time. Um, But we'll talk about the Western Conference. I mean, this is the last week of regular season NBA, so – Obviously, we got to tell you all who we think is going to get into the playoffs and who's not. Suns already in, Grizzlies already in, Warriors already in, and Mavericks are already in. And more than likely, pretty much everybody from the Nuggets, Jazz, and Timberwolves will also be in, and the Clippers. So where we have the discrepancy is the Pelicans at nine for the play-in, I think we are going to get in. Um, it's all but done now. The Lakers are, I think, I think they're digging their own grave. I think that they're not going to make the playoffs this year. Um, Clippers will, I think the Spurs will, I just think the Lakers are going to sit at that 11 spot. I believe that the people who are in the top 10 right now are going to remain in the top 10. Um, the, the Kings are already out for sure.
1: I think there's only four games left.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not enough. There's not a lot of time to, to pick yourself up. Um, so, relatively, the the Lakers would have to win out and the Spurs and Pelicans would have to lose out just about for um, for the Lakers to get back in. Obviously, I'm not the biggest LeBron guy, but I will say it, he he didn't have very much help this year, and he showed that he is – the debate will go on until the end of human human time. I think humanity, whatever. Sorry, I'm just talking. I can't even make a word.
1: Monday. It's Monday. Uh,
0: it's going to go on forever. Whether you think he's in the top two, top three, obviously with the Black Mamba two, um, and the all glorious Michael Jordan that Bubba loves to hate. Oh, nice. Um. He's he's up there. He is one of those guys, whether you like it or not. Um, if you don't like him, at least appreciate how great he is, just like we have to do with Tom Brady. If you only like people who are great, you're lame. That's all I'll just say that. You you need to pick a team so you can suffer through the bad times and cheer during the good ones. That's the only way. You're only going to appreciate it then. Anyways. That's right. That's right. Um. So that's how we're looking for the playoffs right now. I am being honest. Um, I get a bunch of Grizzlies fans on my case because I'm from the Memphis area. How are you, Pelicans fan? I get it. But I'm going to take away that disdain for my Grizzlies right now. I think the Grizzlies have a very good chance of getting out of the West. Um, They're just a good young team, and they keep their foot on the gas for all four quarters. They can shoot the ball. They know how to play together. They're extremely cohesive. Like, that's team basketball right there. It reminds me a bit of the Toronto Raptors that beat the Warriors. Um, I don't remember what year that it was. Not far ago, not long ago. Obviously, you guys know the year that the Toronto Raptors won. I can't think of it off the top of my head, so I'm not even going to try. and I'm not going to waste time looking it up. But I say all that to say they're just – they're a very cohesive group. And what's crazy is they're way, way younger than that Raptors team. And I think John Morant is going to – I mean, he's a superstar. Desmond Bain's shooting the crap out of the ball. Uh, Jaron Jackson obviously playing some good basketball. He can shoot the thing. And he's great defensively with the long body he's got. Um, The only only people I really see raising a, a real problem for the Grizzlies are the Suns. Unless you let my boy Luka Doncic, Doncic – guys, it's my name. I'm so sorry. Unless you let Luka get hot. That dude, in my humble opinion, will be in the top five of NBA stars by the time he's done. And I know that's kind of a – some people think it's not a hot take. Others think it's a really hot take. That's where I stand on the Luka issue. Um, Bubba, you got anything?
1: Uh yeah, I think that's a good point to bring up. Lucas cold as hell and I think the Suns can run through anybody if they if they really get going and get clicking the way they hoop.
0: Yeah.
1: Um uh, but with all that being said, the Grizzlies, yeah, they're they play sixty minutes and uh or not sixty minutes, forty eight minutes. <laughs> but they uh they're deep. They're deep and they have an absolute superstar in Ja and he's electric and in the playoffs that can be very dangerous for a team. He can uh He gets rolling takes over a game. It's hard to stop that ball when it gets rolling. So, I think I'm kind of with you there. Suns, Grizz, and Mavericks. Uh, Obviously, the Warriors, if they just make every shot on them crazy runs they have. But I don't see this being one of those years. Uh, Yeah, I think that's a good prediction. Suns, Grizz, and Mavericks. I think one of those definitely make it out of the the West. Uh, But you never know. Basketball, teams can go cold at the wrong time. And I don't know. I think – I like the Mavericks take. I think that'd be fun to see Luca go out, really pop off. Yeah. But everybody also knows I I, uh, I like me some D-book.
0: Oh, yeah. Mississippi guy, yeah, Moss Point. So, with all of that being said, the Western Conference boiling down, I know a lot more about the Western Conference than I do the Eastern Conference, like I said, because I watch the Pelicans and I watch us get beat a lot. But I watch Brandon Ingram play some good basketball, CJ McCollum, we're getting better, we're getting better, Zion come back, anyways, right now, we got the Heat in the one seed, Um, unlikely that they leave it three games ahead, then we got the Celtics, Bucks, 76ers, all those guys are in for sure, Um, it's a lot tighter in this race as far as the, um, like, seven through ten go, but the Nets and Knicks is a five-game drop-off, so I think the Nets are going to get that ten spot.
1: Yeah, I think all ten, all ten of those are already locked up. But they can all yeah. switch up a lot, like you're saying. Okay. Um, they're all they're all in for sure. The Knicks are out.
0: Yeah. So with that, um, the Eastern Conference is just a lot hard for me to to decipher, just because I could see ten winning the East. I could see – I never thought I'd see the Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals for a while, and they did it last year. Um, The Raptors are always a scary team. Cavs, I'm not too worried about the Cavs. Bulls, good. 76ers, obviously, with the Embiid-Harden tandem. They're tearing it up. Bucks have arguably the best basketball player on planet Earth right now, and Giannis.
1: They 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 could really run it again.
0: And Celtics, obviously, we know they're good. Heat, y'all know they're good. We don't really have to dive into all of them.
1: Um, I do like Celtics. Celtics, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown are – So fun to watch. Nasty. They're fun. So, I like I like the – I think I said last episode that I was taking the Celtics to get the one seed, which is not impossible right now. But, like you said, doesn't look – doesn't look great. But I like them. And then, of course, like you said, the Greek freak is – that step back three he hit the other night against I think it was against the Nets, wasn't it? Yeah. Did you see that to send to overtime? He's just yeah. when he's doing stuff like that, it's almost like how does anyone beat him in a series? But right. I like the Bucks and the Celtics out of that out of this side. Uh,
0: um, so that's what, that'll wrap up our NBA, and we'll go to something else. All right, dudes. Um, we're gonna hop in the NFL. Before I do say that, I do want to mention one more thing. Go listen to Top bins or go follow them. They haven't came up with that episode yet. That's our soccer partner podcast. It's gonna be big. My boy Sparky's running it. Um, I say all that to say USA into the World Cup hype. It's just awesome. USA, USA, USA. All right. Next up. NFL. I don't have too much to talk about NFL. I'm sure on the Twitter space this week, or we're going to try and get one on maybe Thursday. Is Thursday shoot, right, Bubba?
1: That's shoot, yeah, shooting for every Thursday night. I think, just real quick, if you weren't in the Twitter space, I think you missed what was awesome. Uh, we had former ULM wide receiver Dee Gillespie, current tight ends coach at Georgia State, Dan Ellington, and we just chopped it up with the guys. And honestly, it was a cool kick back like we were all chilling around the living room conversation and yeah i think this thursday me and g talked about we plan on getting anyone that really wants to join it whether we know you whether we don't hop in there chop up what you want to talk about and those guys we kind of just ran with it and we had a couple questions for them but i think this thursday we kind of just talked about hey screw it we'll let whoever in so if you miss the twitter space it's still up you can go listen to it and this thursday another one coming at you
0: yeah, Twitter space, you're the host, too, so it's it's really fun. Y'all join it. Um, it's a good chance for us to interact with y'all and y'all to interact with us. Um, obviously, nobody that listens to this thinks we're big time because most people who listen to it right now are just our friends, but we just appreciate the support, and uh, one day we're going to get big, and you'll be able to say that that you were uh, one of the first dudes.
1: Nice. So.
0: On top of that, I'm going to just talk briefly. There's not really an NFL segment today. Um, Some stuff has happened, but nothing just so entirely crazy that we need to talk about it. But today, the Saints went up and traded the Eagles for two of their first-round picks. So now they have 16 and 19 instead of just 18. A lot of people may wonder, why would the Saints do that? Well, they moved up two spots and they gained a pick after their original spot. I don't know what it means specifically, but I think it means that we really love somebody. We are really impressed by somebody or to somebody's. And that's making us want to step up two picks and be able to hopefully take another person that we want after our original pick. Um, I cannot wait to see what the Saints do with those picks. QB wide receiver are obviously, like, the top suggestions or predictions right now by a lot of Saints sources that I see. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. The Saints always, like, get you hyped to draft a cool skill player and then they draft, like, a tackle, which I wouldn't mind drafting a tackle. I'm just saying we need help at the receiver position most of all. And, obviously, my favorite quarterback in the last – well, maybe in a lot of drafts since I've been alive, is Matt Corral because he's a Ole Miss alumni. But regardless, if we pick a QB or wide receiver, I will be happy, whoever it is, and I will be welcoming them with open arms. Um, I'm just excited about it. I texted uh, Davin and Kohey all day today about it when I heard the news. Um, I'm just super excited that – Saints don't really ever have huge drafts. Um, Well, they make good picks, but they never just have like two in the first round or a pick early because we've been good late as of late. So you don't ever really see the the good teams get those early picks. And finally, we're getting two. So I'm just really excited to see who we take and who it is that we've fallen in love with because obviously our front office and our coaching staff has somebody that they really want to get enough to give ourselves two chances at it. Um, so I'm really excited to see that. I'm hoping for, obviously I'd hope for Matt Corral, but I would love to get a, a wide receiver tandem to match up with Michael Thomas, like Jameson Williams, Chris Olave. Uh, is it Drake Wilson? I hate hate it for Bubba, but Traylon Burks. Um, Come on, man. just a really deep wide receiver class, in my opinion, and I think that there's going to be a lot left at 16 and 19. So we'll see what happens. Um, I've seen a couple projections of Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett going as soon as top 10. So I would honestly, I I would love to see Kenny Pickett taken earlier. Um, I just I don't have stock in Kenny Pickett, and just because I say that, it'll probably be the guy that we draft. But that's just how I feel. Um, Malik Willis, I think he's going to be good. I haven't really seen him in anywhere. I mean, it's not that I haven't really seen him. I haven't seen him anywhere besides Liberty. So it's hard for me to gauge. Um, But you never know. Obviously, he had an amazing pro day and an amazing combine showing. So it's going to be very interesting to see what we do. I'm excited for it. If you're a Saints fan, DM me, tweet me, text me because it's going to be a fun draft night. We're going to try and do a Twitter space on draft night. It's going to be hours long. It's going to be so fun. Y'all, please join. Um, It's going to be awesome, man. And if y'all, I mean, if y'all want, I hope we're going to try and watch it together. We might just have some dudes fans come, and maybe we'll have like a raffle for a free T-shirt or something.
1: Okay, I like that.
0: I don't know. Just kind of spitballing the ideas right here.
1: I like that. But um, well, don't quote us on that, but I like that. Yeah,
0: don't quote us on that. But hashtag dudes draft.
1: Hey, what about
0: <laughs> let's let's stay uh oh, never mind. Oh, out. by the way, uh your boy is at Charles Cross.
1: Yes, sir. Charles yes, sir. Cross
0: looking like a top ten pick projected. So yeah, that's
1: good. I mean that'll be good
0: for recruiting, huh?
1: Start, yeah, start will need some need some sunshine to hit their city here. And a little top little top ten first rounder never hurts. That's right. But it looks good. Uh, I feel like that's State's pitch to recruiting, to be honest. Is, that's all we can really say. I mean, we ain't really done shit else in a while. But we do get people to leave, and people care about that. So, I hope Charles Cross goes very high. I'm just going to – really. it really ain't that much to talk about college basketball. I'm just going to talk about Final Four, two games, and then right now, halftime.
0: Yeah.
1: All right, dudes. I told you to get in on March Madness if you ain't got in on it already. Don't know how you're this late to the party, but let me tell you, Saturday night we got blessed. It's probably one of the best Final Four basketball games that I can ever remember, uh, which isn't saying much, but older people with more knowledge on Twitter – being the same way, saying it's one of the most insane games. Uh, first off, to get it out of the way, Kansas kind of just controlled Villanova from the jump, ends uh, up rolling on past them. Kansas minus four ticket drilled. Next game, the night game, they had to put it at night. Duke, North Carolina, Coach Case, farewell tour. Uh, crazy that they never met in the Final Four with how good the two of them are. I think UNC has like eight natties maybe, so obviously they've been in the Final Four plenty of times. Uh, But it matches up, and the last game they played each other, UNC steamrolled them, Coach K apologizes to the fans, all this bullshit. Well, then Saturday night, we get the basketball game of a lifetime, and it's a back and forth, back and forth. Uh, Duke was up three at half. UNC comes out, not just UNC, Caleb Love comes out at halftime. I think he had 23 in the second half of UNC's 47. Hits a big-time three late to give him the lead. The place is absolutely going nuts. New Orleans was shaking. UNC ends up winning by four. UNC money line had to have it. Uh, it was really Caleb Love and Baycott. Baycott the big for UNC had 21 boards. Just absolutely insane for any game. And, I mean – of all games he does it in, the fi- in the final four to go to the championship. So insane. Caleb Love dropped 28. Like I said, had 23 in the second half. And I mean, UNC, just this run is going to be legendary if they can complete it. Even if they can't, I mean, they beat Marquette, or yeah, they beat Marquette round one. Then they go and play Baylor overtime, squeak by him, knock off UCLA in the St. Peter's dream in their arch nemesis, Coach K's career, to go to the ship. And then on top of that, we'll just jump straight into it. It's just happening right now. They start the game down 7 nothing. Kansas at half has 25. So that means UNC just went on a 40-18 to 18 run. And it's just popping off right now. And it's not even – that's what I was – Telling G what's crazy is Caleb Love has four points shooting one for six. Uh, and that's usually their go-to guy. But he's a second-half player. So, if they're up 15 a and half and Caleb Love does what he does in the second half, this could be one of the craziest stories. Only the – they're going to tie the lowest seed ever to win it, if they win it. Uh, one other eight seed did it. I think it was Villanova. But Baycott's got 12 and 10 at the half. He's, I mean, the dude's a freaking monster. They are controlling the shit out of the boards. Let me check what it – 27 boards to 18 at half. Uh, the second chances are there. They got eight offensive boards. So, I think if you're watching this game now, I think you can agree at halftime, regardless of the outcome, at halftime you're almost thinking there's no way UNC doesn't win this game by double digits. They are just rolling. The energy's there. Uh just that look like an impossible team to beat right now. Like they could play all, they could play March and April, however long you want them to play. But right now, they're just not skipping a beat. And I think Kansas is in trouble at the half. But with all that being said, Kansas is here for a reason. Kansas is thirty-three and six for a reason. Uh, I would I wouldn't count them out too quick. Got a lot of basketball left, a whole half, and I mean Kansas' streak is at. I think it's up to 12, 10, two, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9, 10 game win streak on the line here uh, against some really good basketball teams that they beat on that run. So don't count them out, but a 15 point lead at the half is nice for UNC. Uh, for the sake of my gambling career, I would love for UNC to win. I've been riding them out since sweet 16 and had to go with it again tonight. So I'm a Tar, I'm a tar Heel for the night and, It'd be fun to see an eight seed in the journey they've had. And just to do – I mean, after knocking off Coach K, I feel like they have to complete it now or else it just all, it was all for nothing, it seems like. So, great tournament we've had. Sad it's over, but that's the last one. we got 20 minutes left, and we'll see what happens. Volkanovski. <music> These are,
0: dude, these are gonna do these are gonna I don't know they're not toss-ups like there's they're not two, supposed to
1: be two title fights, yeah. The dude with the fucking title and this one's an underdog,
0: yeah, because he won the he won the title last time via disqualification because the rushing guy that is he's the interim champ, the other guy, but he kneed him while he was down
1: in the head, gave him a concussion. <laughs> BQ. (laughs) Are you going to do the early prelims, too, or are you just going to talk about prelims? Um,
0: I'm trying to see if I see anybody on here. No, I'm just going to do the early prelims. I mean, the prelims. All right, dudes, if you made it here, once again, you know what time it is. So UFC 273, I don't have too much on the prelims. Besides, I want the Irishman Ian Gary to beat Darien in weeks. Um, the reason being, Ian Gary literally was a sophomore or freshman in college. And he decided that, you know what? I don't want to do college anymore. I want to be a professional MMA fighter. And he's already in the UFC two years later. to the Two years to the day almost. Um, and the story is, his mom said, Being the next Conor McGregor isn't a plan because obviously Conor is the Irish guy and here he is. Okay. He's just, he's just a Conor McGregor fiend. He's a fan of Conor and he's just made it to the dead gum UFC. And he says the Irish aren't here to take part. They're here to take over. And we know who said that the first time. So um, because of that, Ian Gary always has a fan in me. So best of luck to him. I hope he gets it done against Darian Weeks. Then we'll move to the main card, um, starting with the women's strawway bout. I'm gonna be completely honest; I don't know too too much about it. Um,
1: Hold on, you I, do you do got to pick every main card.
0: Yeah, I will. I will come out with my picks. I still have a little bit more thinking to do, but I'll give you my picks as of right now, right tonight. Is this
1: Main card only only four.
0: Yes, it is. This? Yeah, okay. it's All usually right. only four or five.
1: Yeah, I, th- I knew the last two or five that you did. Yeah. All right. Continue. Continue.
0: But I'll go ahead and count the uh last fight on the on the prelims as my fifth fight because I'm I'm very confident in Ian Gary. So okay. put that okay. on. We'll, we'll go with the last five. Now the women's fight is gonna be harder for me to decipher just because I've I've watched uh Torres fight before and I'll probably be high on her. She's only plus one oh five. So, that's probably who I'll, who I'll go with. Um, she's buff as hell.
1: She's huge. <laughs> she's shredded in this picture. So,
0: um, That's who I'll go with. But
1: There's these last underdog. three... There's an um, underdog pick.
0: Underdog pick. There we go. These last three are going to be very, very big fights. And all three for me are not as crazy on the odds as they seem. So... I'll go ahead and break the news. I am a Hamzat Chemaev fan. I will be picking him, and not just because I'm a fan. I think he's that good. He is 10-0 right now as a professional. He has made the people he's fought so far look like absolutely just not in the same level, in the same league as him. Um, but he's fighting the number two welterweight contender in Gilbert Burns, and he's proven that he has knockout power, and obviously he's – being Brazilian, he's fantastic at jiu-jitsu. I just think Hamza is going to be too much for him. The striking, yes, but how strong Hamza is is insane. I mean, he walks around, has to be over 200 pounds, and he's cutting down to 170 to fight, and he looks good. So he's just a dangerous guy, and his mentality is just – Eat or be eaten. He does nothing. He has no family that he goes home to. He literally eats, sleeps, and breathes fighting.
1: Is this the one that Mikey said he's got in the second round?
0: Yeah. I like that. that, I'm going with Boars as his nickname is. I think that's like uh, Wolf in Swedish or Russian or whatever. But that's going to be my pick. And then we have the co-main. We have Aljamain Sterling and Peter Jan. Aljamain Sterling, bubble like this, former D3 national champion wrestling. What's my respect um, on D3. He's <laughs> he's the only guy in the last three fights of the main card that is going to be repping the Stars and Stripes. Every other male fighter on the main card is international, which is pretty crazy to see. Um Just shows you the reach of the UFC and how big MMA really is getting, especially the UFC. Um, I'm scared of these odds because, look, Peter Yan is really good. He's a machine. I've told Bubba that. He is one of the better strikers in all of MMA um, from a technical standpoint, and he's hard hitting at only 135 pounds. But Alderman Sterling did not look as bad as people think that he did in the last fight. He got the knee from disqualification. He got the knee while he was down, ending in a disqualification. That's why he has the belt right now. Obviously, no competitor wants to win like that. You want to win outright. You want to prove that you're the best. And I think that that's going to give him some extra hunger coming into this. And Peter Jan obviously thinks he's a coward. These two guys really don't like each other. Um, The main event, I feel there will be respect uh, between the Korean zombie and Alexander the great. And then Gilbert Burns and Hamzat, I don't think we're going to have any problem with them. I think they're going to be respectful. I think Hamzat just going to have that mentality that he always has. But Peter Yan and Aljamain Sterling really don't like each other. Um, so I'm really interested to see that, but I don't know how confident I am in Peter Yan being the 475 favorite. Um, and That's I think it. he has a very, very good chance to win. Don't get me wrong. Um, Sterling in the last fight just had a really high volume, but that's what Peter Yan does. He, he lets you tee off on him the first two rounds and he picks you apart for the last three and he very well could do that Saturday. And I'll probably lean toward picking him right now. He's my pick. Um, that may change by Friday or Saturday when I, when I circle my card up, but right now I have Peter Yan and this one. Alexander Volkanovsky versus Chan Jung-chung, or as I love to call him, the Korean zombie. They literally, on fight night, if you are lucky enough to watch this card, because you will be lucky if you watch this card, because it's going to be some great fights, they will not even refer to him as Chan Sung chung They're going to straight call him the zombie, and it's going to be awesome. Like, just cool. Alexander Volkanovsky probably will end his time as one of the, greatest featherweights to ever fight in his last fight he fought brian ortega was in a guillotine a mount guillotine with a guy on top of him just choking him out and he just sits there squirming for like 40 seconds and gets out of it which was just absolutely insane that just shows the willpower of him i've been watching the ufc embedded and apparently he swims with sharks to calm his mind so when he gets in the tough spot in the octagon he doesn't get nervous. I'd oh. just, like, take a some CBD before or something. Like, you don't have to go swim <laughs> with sharks, my guy. Um, but to each his own, he is sitting at a minus 760 favorite.
1: Mm.
0: Now, next we have the Korean Zombie, who out of South Korea is the greatest mixed martial artist out of South Korea that has touched the step foot in the UFC, maybe in all of MMA. Um, at least right now, he's number four contender and he's stepping in for Max Holloway. But, dude, he is really, really good. First ever twister finish in the UFC. Um, he's beaten a lot of great fighters and he took a little hiatus for two years because South Korea forces every citizen or every male citizen, at least, to serve at least two years in the military. So he had to sit out two years, did his service, and now he's back. Um, he came back, got a dub. And he's just – he's really good, man. And the plus 525, he's got Henry Cejudo coaching him now. I've said it before. Henry Cejudo's a little fart. I don't care for him. But he is one heck of a coach. And I'm going to give a crazy pick on a, on a Monday night, which may very well change. My gut may change on Saturday. I'm going to trust my gut on Saturday. But right now I'm going with the Korean Zombie. And that's my crazy pick for right now my crazy pick may change to all joe um maybe even i'm not going to go against Hamzad. i just can't he's 10 and 0 100 finish rate all 10 finishes i have to go with either the main or co-main and right now my sleeper pick last time i picked all the favorites this time i'm gonna i'm gonna say the korean zombie is gonna fi- find a way to get past that tough mentality of Volk and get it done so um Let's go
1: big time pick there.
0: That is the craziest one right now. Picks are subject to change, but that's that's what I'm sitting with right now. I'll have a lot more UFC embedded stuff to watch to see what kind of headspace all the fighters are in. Like I really decipher this stuff way too much, but I love to watch it. So um you're gonna get my honest picks on on Saturday and Kohey will may or may not put some money on it oh for sure we're gonna hopefully the plan is to go sit at buffalo wild wings and watch all those fights get get made money off of that's really all i got hopefully we'll get mikey on the space thursday to actually talk with me about some ufc so we can (laughs) really dive into it um i offered him to to be a speaker last time and he he just was like a little too shy i think i don't i don't have anything else kohe if you got anything else
1: no, I don't. I need, I need UNC to finish this basketball game. That's about it. What are they looking like right now? Still, it just ended halftime. I guess the natty, they give them an extra little break to think about it or something. I don't, I don't know. I Do you want I to say it. one more thing that we didn't talk about and it's still just hard to talk about right now? Uh, the Tennessee Volunteers are very different when it comes to college baseball. That's the only thing I'm going to say. They
0: are good at baseball. They are very good at
1: baseball. That's all I'm going to say on college baseball. They they deserve their credit, we're going to give it to them right there. That's all I got, dudes. Are you to send us out, or are you going to do music in between that? I can send us out. Go ahead and start a little something. Dudes, as always,
0: it's been a pleasure talking um hopefully we get pace back he's been super busy uh can't hate it it's just hard for us all three to get here together so y'all don't think pace has just quit on us or we fired him or something he's still here um he's just been busy so shout out to pace um everybody if you're listening to this if you've made it this far first of all you're you're a real one but second of all Get prepared. Thursday night, I don't know the time yet. We'll tweet it out. Thursday night space, be there or be square.
1: Absolutely. Got to join the Thursday space. I think it's an awesome thing we got going, even though we've only done one. some good reviews from it. A good amount of listeners. Just keep retweeting, liking, sharing. I I say it every week. We need it. Uh, The retweets are huge. Uh, And then just sharing with anyone you know, if they talk about a podcast they listen to, if you're a podcast person, I know you run out of podcasts to listen to during the week because I do a lot of driving and get to listen to a bunch, and I run out of them quick every week. Uh, but thanks. Thanks for supporting and keep it rolling. Hoping to get a little summertime merch coming out soon. That's the only uh, the little spoiler I'll give you, but that's all I got. And uh, we appreciate it.